morning, friends. This is Ashley Daily Encouragement. I hope you guys are having a good week so far. By the time you guys hear this episode, it looks like it's going to be December 18th, episode number 32. We are rolling in this thing, you guys. You know, Daily Encouragement is really just about me sharing with you guys the things that I'm learning, the things I've learned over the years, the things I'm currently learning, you guys, real-time revelation, you know, things that the Lord's doing with me in my life, you guys. Because I believe that the things that the Lord is bringing into my life is so beneficial. And I look back where I'm at now and where I was and I thought, you know what, Lord, if somebody would have shared these things with me a long time ago, or at least had the conversation, my life would have been a completely different place, you guys. And so, you know, the heart of me sharing these things with you is for the sake of you guys getting healing in your life in these four areas. I believe every single person on this planet has something to offer. Okay. We all are made in the image of God. We all have a job to do just like Adam did. Okay. And God had, you know, even when Adam messed up, God still covered him and said, okay, you messed up, but you still got a job. I'll give you the grace you need. I'll give you the animal skin, bro. Get your butt back out there. Get back in the field. Do what you're supposed to do. Right. Same thing with us. God's like, look, I know you've sinned. I know you messed up, but I sent Christ. Here's the grace you need for the mess up you did. Now get your butt back out there and do what I asked you to do. Right. So God has a plan for us, but I realize, you know, if certain things in our life don't get recognized, if we don't become aware of, you know, how our thinking is impacting us, you know, you guys, I had a revelation about this probably a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm actually in the process of writing some devotionals for you guys. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be like a four part series. Um, I'm only doing like, you know, um, so many days at a time. It's going to be like 90 day devotional. And so I was working on it and I forget what I was talking about. I don't remember the topic, but I do remember that I was thinking about, you know, the garden. I I love going back to the garden all the time. You guys, there's so much in there that we can really glean from as far as how things were supposed to be. How did God interact with Adam before he sinned? What about after he sinned? What were the consequences of that? You know, and all that. And just kind of studying that whole dynamic, you guys. And as I was, uh, meditating on that, you guys, you know, the garden, I was thinking about Adam and how he responded to God after, uh, when God approached him, you know, it says, uh, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Right. And notice how the first thing God does, he didn't just call him out on a sin. Right. He just goes, where are you? You know, there's other symptoms of things that happen with people like you just know when they're disconnected from you. You know, you don't necessarily have to call out the sin. You just have to call out the the areas where you all are disconnected from each other. Like, that's just enough. Right. Like, hey, we're not as close as we used to be. Something is happening. Right. There's an intrusion in the relationship. All right. And then he goes, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and said I was a and, so, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So Adam thought he was afraid because he was naked, right? He was looking at the physical thing. But God was like, hold on, back up. Who told you you were naked, right? So God's always going to make us go back to how we were thinking at the time that led to an outcome in your life that you didn't want. Do you really think Adam, at the end of the day, wanted to be naked, hiding in the bushes with his wife, away from God, right? Feeling that fear. Fear doesn't do anything for us in that way, right? If fear keeps you isolated and doing the job God's giving you to do, right? The field is still need to be taken care of and you're out there hiding, right? The stuff ain't getting done. It ain't going to get done unless you get off your butt and do it, 
right? And, and when God gives you a job, he wants you to have joy in it as well, right? I mean, come on. Everybody wants to have a fulfilling life. Everyone wants to do something that knows, you know, gives, gives them purpose in their life. You know what I'm saying? And so God, Adam had that in the garden, you know, and, and Adam was still expected to do his purpose even after he sinned. God's like, look, I'm going to give you the solution. And so we have to remember that all the injuries you guys have ever done to yourselves or done to you, there is a solution to the problem. It says God's precepts are to be fully obeyed. God has a way that we're supposed to live our life. And so that means that there is a good, there's a good way. There's a way to do things that will produce good in our life. We have the knowledge of good and evil, not just one sided, you guys, right? We can't get so fixed on the knowledge of evil that the knowledge of evil keeps you from the knowledge of good and walking in faith, expecting a good outcome, you know, expecting God to bring healing into your life so you can go about and do the things that he's called you to do. So I believe if we just heal these four areas in our lives that I talk about, Monday through Thursday, you know, we're talking about maturity, boundaries, well, what is it? Maturity, bonding, boundaries, which is today, and the real and ideal, integrating God's grace into our life. You guys, it's going to completely change our lives. When you're healed, you know, you, you start to realize things that you're interested in that you didn't even realize you were interested in before, you know, things that you want to do that you never even crossed your mind. Because when you're living in a state of pain, you're not thinking about your work. Was Adam thinking about doing what God had told him to do when he was, you know, afraid of God? Right? And you're not thinking about your purpose when you are so afraid of confronting the one who gave you the purpose to begin with. Does that make any sense, you guys? So the more healing you get into your life, everything else just falls into place, right? So trying to find your purpose is kind of oxymoron when you're in a state of injury. You're not going to find your purpose if you're injured, okay? You're so busy thinking about your injury and thinking about your pain, you ain't thinking about the job God's given you to do. So when you get healed, everything else changes, you guys. It becomes a game changer and you're not worried about finding your purpose. Your purpose finds you. God's grace finds you in the healing. That's your purpose is to get healed and communicate God's grace to the rest of the world through the healing that you're getting. It's really not that complicated, you guys. That's why there's supposed to be no shame and condemnation in Christ, right? There is none. So by the way, I massively digress. We're six minutes into this thing. I'm not, I'm not even talking about the things I want to talk to you guys about. However, I hope this was encouraging anyway, right? That's what daily encouragement is all about. It's just giving you guys perspectives and things that the Lord's sharing with me, sharing with you guys to at least start on this path. Okay, God, what is going on here, right? What are we going to do about these things? So I was sharing with you guys yesterday about recognizing ways that you may have bonded with people that is unhealthy and realizing that can be so debilitating at times, you guys. It was for me realizing how I used to bond with people, how I would completely compromise myself as a person for the sake of thinking I'm going to win that person over. I'm going to get their approval. They're going to love me, you know, and doing things. You guys, come on. I had a baby when I was 16 years old and I wasn't married to the man. Uh, how do you think I felt about that when I realized, wow, Ashley, look what you were doing at 15, 16 years old, right? You know, slaving around with your boyfriend. Y'all ain't even married and you're having a baby with this guy. What the heck are you thinking? Right? The shame of that is so overwhelming, you guys. And when you realize how I used to, you know, how you used to bond with people, how did you used to compromise yourself, right? To feel any type of worth, you guys. And realizing that even with that, you're, the way you bond with people as an adult is all really stemmed with how you bonded with your parents or whoever your primary caregiver was when you were when you were being raised up right? How did you learn to bond with people? I shared with you guys, when I was growing up, the way I learned to bond with people, my parents, was to be involved with what they needed, okay? What did my parents need? You know, how, that's when they, that's when my dad would talk to me. That's when my mom would talk to me. That's when my mom would talk to me about things she didn't need to be talking to me about, but because she was talking to me, I felt value, right? 
wow, they're sharing their problems with me. You know, they're talking to me about these things. Okay, cool. I must be trustworthy, you know? And in the meantime, as a five-year-old, I got all my own drama going on, right? Like I said, when you're watching your mom get abused and your parents are screaming at each other every single day of the week, right? When you're stressing out, you know, when your mom's taking taking all the freaking uh, rent money and the power money to take you out to buy you pools and, and bathing suits and all that fun stuff you want as a kid, go out to McDonald's, you're like, yeah, that's great. But at the cost of what? Right. Oh, you know, now we're going to be homeless this month or we can't pay the power bill or dad's stressing out because he's been working his butt off trying to pay the bills and mom's out, you know, making it rain, just like throwing the money everywhere. You know what I mean? So I was always stressing out about money as a kid, too, even though it's like I wanted to do those things with my mom. I, I loved when she took me to McDonald's. Heck, I would I remember faking a headache as a kid. So my mom would come pick me up so I could go get McDonald's. Like, seriously, I didn't want to be at school. Heck, no, I didn't want to be there. That used to stress me out sometimes, you know. And it really got stressful because the people I was talking to about the things all of a sudden almost became an enemy because they told me, well, they called my mom and said, hey, if she keeps talking, you know, we're going to take her away. And I thought, now I don't trust you guys, right? I'm trying to be real and I'm trying to tell you what's going on. And now you're going to rip me away from my mom. So I, I, you know, at that point, I started kind of shutting down from the people at the school and stuff. Like, you guys can't be trusted, you know? And I remember honestly making up crap, like scenarios that didn't even exist. You know, they would pull me into the counseling office and they're like, Hey, what was life like before this started happening? And I, and I would draw pictures of us going on family walks and doing all these really fun things. When the truth is, we never did any of that crap. I just knew at that point, I was like, if I tell these guys the truth, you know what they're going to do? They're going to rip me away from my mom, and I can't afford that. Y'all ain't ripping me from my mama. You know, even though it's dysfunctional, that's the only security I had. And I thought, you are not taking me from the only thing that I got that's making me feel any type of security. But I learned over time that my security was based upon you know, how my mom responded to me and she only responded to me when I was solving her problems. So I didn't learn how to solve mine, you know? And so that's how I began to find my worth. So it was, it was outside of me, right? That's, that's what codependency is at its heart, you guys. And I'm just now realizing these things over the last couple of years. I didn't even know that this girl had massive issues with that, you know? And then I got into the church and that just fed it even more, right? Deny yourself, take, take care of everybody else. And Lord knows I'd been denying myself ever since I was a five-year-old kid denying what was going on with me, the struggles I was having for the sake of other people. I did that every day. You would think that when I came to the Christian walk, that I would have the most peace, the most everything, right? Like I already got this down, you guys, but I was the most burdened, burned out, depressed, stressed Christian that you could ever possibly think of, like inwardly, you know, but I stayed in the rat race because I didn't want you to see me as not being a good Christian, as not being obedient. So my worth was dependent upon how how you saw me as a person. My identity was attached to how you saw me. You guys, that's codependency at its core. When you are dependent, your identity is dependent upon someone else validating it. That's codependency. And as I've been reading also, I was reading this morning in this book. uh, It's called, uh, hold on, you guys. It's called uh, Facing Codependence from, what's her name? Pia Melody. You guys, I found this at the library for free, y'all. Like, but I swear, it was like God's grace right there. Anyway. She was talking about how shame, when you experience shame, right? Worthlessness, that's really the core. That's how you are at your core. You believe you're worthless, therefore you are codependent. You are dependent on the outside of yourself to get validated. So because of that, you guys, how do you think that affected my ability to set boundaries with people? You think it went really well with me? That's what we're gonna be talking about today, you guys. We're gonna be talking about boundaries, right? And we're gonna talk about the difference between external boundaries and internal boundaries. And, you know, just kind of starting somewhere, okay? at least start walking down this path because I never had boundaries. 
I never like what you're, you're I when I was in church boundaries are seen as a no-no even in the church if you had boundaries you were basically unloving you you weren't going to love people like God commanded us to and you know that's the biggest sin right love your neighbor as yourself if you got boundaries uh, they communicated it that meant you're not loving your neighbor as yourself you're not being obedient to God and if you're not obedient to God you're a sinner and if you're a sinner your ass is going to hell you know what I mean like that's just how it was and so I was like well I don't want that so anyway you guys you know, recognizing how you bonded to people or didn't bond and then how that impacted how you you communicated yourself as an individual. And that's where boundaries comes in. Boundaries is who who you are, right? Who how, how are you going to make, make a distinction between who you are and everybody else, right? That's an inward thing, right? That's knowing your values, knowing your, your character traits, establishing yourself in that way. That's an inward job. Right. And that's why we need God's grace on the inside to do that, because you can even look at yourself at times and realize you don't have the character that you have or you don't live by your values like you always want to. And you can judge yourself and condemn yourself and keep yourself in that shame cycle. Right. But God's grace is supposed to neutralize that. Okay, it's supposed to, you know, take those things that make you feel that give you a different perspective and then say, oh, okay, that's why I was thinking like that. That's what I was doing, Lord. Now, now I get it. Now I can go back to the work you've given me to do. And so what is the difference between external and internal boundaries? So external boundaries, that's just like your physical property lines, you know, your own body and who you let, you know, touch you or not touch you. You know how some people, uh, violate your boundaries by smacking you, you know, physical abuse. My mom didn't have any physical boundaries, you know, external boundaries. My mom let my dad abuse her all the time. Right. How many people, you know, uh, or like girls in high school, you know, I, I was reading something the other day, this, this girl, she was in middle school. This guy was grabbing her, groping her. What the heck? Why do you think you have permission to do that? Right. But there's people out there that think they just have permission to touch people and do whatever the heck they want to do. Right. Uh, no, bro, that doesn't, don't, it don't work like that. And you know what? Girls that have also violated boys too. Like, you know what? Nobody, nobody is. Uh, let me see here, immune to being a, a perpetrator in any type of way or a violator of someone else's boundaries. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, right? You can violate someone else's property line, so to speak. You can violate them physically, okay? My mom, I know my mom violated my dad physically. She took a frying pan one time and whopped him over the head, like seriously, okay? My mom should not have been doing that, but she was defending herself. They were beating the crap out of each other at times. They didn't have, obviously, they didn't have any boundaries, okay? But seriously, that's when we talk about external boundaries, those are the things that you're responsible for, your own body, okay? Um, so, I don't know. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, honestly, okay? Uh, and then, now we're going to talk about internal boundaries. And that's where I really violated, you know, didn't have anything, was this internal boundary, okay? Our internal boundaries protect our thinking, feelings, and behavior and keeps them functional, Okay? Uh, this is from uh, Facing Codependence, so I'm going to read this to you guys really quick. When we are using our internal boundary, we can take responsibility for our thinking, feelings, and behavior and keep them separate from that of others and stop blaming them for what we think, feel, and do. Our internal boundaries also allow us to stop taking responsibility for the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors of others, allowing us to stop manipulating and controlling those around us. I did that for a long time, you know, as I shared with you guys. My well-being was dependent upon my ability to help solve my parents' problems because that's when I felt worthy, helping solve their problems. So I took that into my adulthood. I was doing that with all kinds of people, right? It's just, it was the default that I was stuck in. I didn't even realize it at the time, okay? So your internal boundary is your ability to distinguish yourself from how you think, feel, 
the choices that you make. Okay. That's your responsibility. That's what your spirit is. It's your thoughts, your emotions, and your will. Thought comes into your mind. You feel a certain way. You do something with it. Okay. You can't control your feelings until you can control your thoughts. That's just the way it goes. You guys, Why do you, and that's what the Lord tells us. He's always trying to get to the heart of the thinking behind everything that we find ourselves kind of grappling with in life. You know, what were you thinking about that? Okay. And so, but you got to be able to, you know, take responsibility for what you're thinking and what you're feeling and what you're choosing to do. You got to take full responsibility for the results in your life and that are happening. So you can choose differently at some point, you know, God, heal me from my crappy thinking, you know, help me see things differently so I can, you know, uh, help me overcome my unbelief. Help me to trust you, Lord. Help me to walk in faith. Help me to expect a good outcome. Help me to expect good from you because you say you're only good. And maybe sometimes I believe that you're not good because of certain things that have happened. Right. Getting out of that accusatory mindset, that victim mindset that we fall, we can find ourselves in when we're operating under the knowledge of evil to a point to where we're not stepping out and doing the good that God's called us to. All right. So just knowing those internal boundaries and, um, hold on, you guys, there's something else I'm going to share with you really quick. Um, so offensive acts that demonstrate the lack of internal boundaries include using sarcasm to hurt and belittle another person blaming someone else for what we feel, think, or do, or don't do, and believing we are responsible for making someone feel, think, or do anything. And you guys, I, that's how I lived. I thought that, you know, I, I would, um, compromise myself for the sake of approval of another person, you know, um, that I could control how they were feeling, thinking about me, right? Instead of really just paying attention to myself in that way. Okay. And you guys, this, all this stuff has to get taught. We're not born with the ability to do this. Cause as I've shared with you guys before in the last podcast or last week, I can't remember what day it was, but bonding is the primary rec- prerequisite to setting boundaries. You bond with someone first and then you set limits on that to protect that bond. Does that make any sense? It's like when a child is born, the mother doesn't just sit there and start yelling at the kid and tell the baby what to do. Not until, and, And the mother has to be trusted to bond with that child, that she's going to be there for the child regardless, right? Because the baby doesn't have any point of reference to anything. It's a blank slate when it comes into the world. So it's relying on the outside world to care for them in ways they can't care for themselves. And so the mother sets the tone for that, right? And then as the child gets older, she begins to set limits with them. And if they have a good bond, then she's not, the child won't be resentful of these boundaries that she's put in place because the child understands, wow, you know what? Mom's always going to be there for me. Mom's been there for me. Mom loves me. Mom protects me. Mom's concerned about me. Mom is there for me. Right. And so it's not a big deal, so to speak. But if you try to set limits and boundaries with a person who hasn't learned to bond, right? Oh man. You, You know, and you guys wonder why sometimes we get mad at our teenagers and we say that they're rebellious. Well, look at the way that you've maybe bonded with that kid or haven't bonded with them. You know, you're not really trying to understand them or get to know them or anything like that. Maybe you were emotionally disconnected. Maybe, you know, who knows? And all this, you know, maybe you never did anything when they were young. You never set any kind of limits with them at all. And now all of a sudden they're grown, right? They're, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old and you're trying to, you know, treat them again like they're two. And it's like, nah, it's, it's time to it's time to change, you know, and isn't that, isn't that the crazy thing about parenting, how God molds you in the process of you molding these children, 
you know, how he exposes things that you need to be healed from through the process of, of parenting and, and learning how to do these things for your kids. You realize, wow, I don't have that Lord. Oh man, I need that. Give me some grace, Lord. Give me some understanding. Give me some perspective. Give me some tools. I hope you guys are asking God those questions. You know, if not, well, who, what else are you going to do? How is he going to learn anything better if you don't go outside yourself to learn the things that you know you don't have? You know, and that's the beauty of God's grace and how it comes in its various forms. Again, you guys, supposedly there's 6.8 billion people on the planet. What does that mean? That means there's 6.8 billion perspectives that you can actually learn from today. You know, there's all kinds of people out there, you know, and whether they have God's grace in their life or not, that, that's irrelevant because God says that his, he sheds his grace on the wicked and the good. Right. Everybody has God's grace. There was, I had God's grace in my life when I wasn't even aware of it, you guys. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. You know, as you go about this journey and, and recognize, you know, all of a sudden you're aware of God in your life and you're seeking to reestablish yourself and grow and develop as a person and become Christ-like, you know, was God not there even when you weren't? I mean, like, how do you think about this stuff, you guys? And I'll, I'll try to walk you through, you know, my own experience with this as far as, you know, how, you know, I... I was trying to seek the Lord when I was young and then, you know, this and that. And, you know, why was I being so hard on myself when realizing that the ways I was bonding to people wasn't healthy to me? Why did I think that God wasn't in that, you know, and all these kinds of things? Why did I, why was I doubting my whole trajectory of my life just because um, I was making all these mistakes and I wasn't necessarily seeking God at the time? Was God still in that, you guys? And we're going to talk about that tomorrow and just discuss that whole thing with his grace and, and recognizing that, you know, even when we were not aware of him, he was still aware of us, right? When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So looking for the ways that God, that there was still good in our life and he was loving us, even when we weren't aware of his goodness and his love, you guys. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow on Thursday. You guys, I hope this was a, an encouraging episode. Yes. I dropped the A word in the, in the podcast. My bad, you guys, I'm working on that. Like I get a little fired up and so, uh, yeah, I apologize for anybody out there listening that was taken back. Like, oh, my gosh, did you hear what Ashley just said? She said the A word. Yes, I did. Oh, my God. You guys, sorry about that. I'm, I will clean that up. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you guys have an awesome, awesome rest of the day. I hope this podcast was encouraging. Um, if you have external boundaries, great. But if you lack internal boundaries, ask the Lord to help you get that figured out. You know, is your identity attached to the outside of yourself like mine was? Do you struggle with codependency? You guys, there's tons of resources out there. Don't be afraid. People are God's grace in its various forms. We all have areas where we struggled. God gave us perspective. We share it with other people through books. And that's why we read the Bible too. You know, stories of people with God and what life was like for them, you guys. So we got to get a little more comfortable with listening to other people in that way, appreciating the body of Christ, you guys. In the church I was in for a long time, we didn't, we didn't utilize the grace we each had in our lives. You know, the different areas, we, the different things we've all been through. No one really, you know, appreciated that. It was, okay, who's in charge? Who knows what we don't know? We're going to follow him, right? We didn't learn to appreciate um, each other in the way of, you know, we all have something to offer in this way. You know, God's grace, all the people in the church are God's grace even to the pastor. Because, you know, there's, there's a guy that's, we need leadership, right? We need people that are going to lead us. However, the pastor needs just as much as grace as you expect from him. Where do you think that pastor's going to get that grace from? It's going to be from you people, right? You people sharing your lives with him, being open and honest. And that's amazing how people get so offended with pastors that are struggling in the church. It's like, okay, are you going to be grace to that guy in that way? Like, are you guys sharing your lives with each other? You know, how close are y'all getting to each other? I mean, just think about that for a minute. What's the quality of the relationships like even in your church? 
you know, are you guys bonding to each other in that way? Do people know you or do they just know that you want to go to church and you want to grow in the Lord, but no one knows the soil that God is growing you in, right? You don't want to share that part. You know, it's like, we just want to show the, 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 the good things or whatever, but we don't want to show the parts of our life that, you know, we really see God working is in, in the areas we've all experienced shame and suffering from sin, sin done to us and in us and through us and all that kind of stuff, you guys. But anyway, you guys have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you for your time on this podcast. Check out Daily Encouragement page on Facebook, Food for Thought Friday. I go live on there just uh, this month. Well, I think it was this month. Yeah, probably still this month, you guys. I'm talking about the family. Uh, this really great book I'm, re- I'm reading, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families. That's something dear to my heart. I want I want to invest in my family because that I can only influence them at the end of the day. So I want to make sure that I'm cultivating healthy relationships with them and, and, and nurturing relationships and, you know, having a strong marriage with my husband. So that's a massive priority for me. So I'm talking about those things I'm learning with you guys this month in that book. And then, um, we got soul food Sunday where my husband, Scott chats with you guys about the things he's, you know, talking to us about, you know, his perspective, he took full ownership for us five years ago saying, you know what, I'm going to be the spiritual leader of you guys. And, you know, as I've shared with you guys before, he's, he's always like, well, you know, he'll, he'll get down on himself because we don't have this big crowd of people, right? You know, it's like, babe, you, your measure of a man should be in how you treat your wife and your kids. Like, that's it. At the end of the day, that's the only thing God's looking at anyway. God says, if a man can't run his family, a man can't run a church. So, you know, if you're winning in the family, then you're winning in every area of your life. Like, you just have to own it, you know? And I, I hope my husband will own it one day more and more. You know, if he's winning with me and the kids, he's winning. He doesn't need the numbers to prove that. His numbers will be in who his kids become and right how how our marriage reflects God's grace to the rest of the world. Boom, that's it. You don't have influence with people you don't know, people you don't live with, right? So you guys, I digress again. You guys are so patient with me. Have an awesome rest of the day, you guys. Thank you for all your time and I will see you tomorrow.